Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Out to be here to talk all things Eagles with me for the next couple of minutes. You read them on phillyboys.com uh, or on sportsillustrated.com, and you know you should be listening to his Extending the Play podcast. John McMullen joins me here on 94 WIP. Jay Mack, how you be? Good, Jody. How are you? Good. Don't you wish you were back a quarter back in the National Football League? These guys continue to get really nice checks. And I have no issues with Joe Flacco being the Eagle quarterback. I'm just surprised at how much it's costing the Eagles to get Flacco's services. Were you surprised? Uh, no, a little bit supply and demand. I, I think San Francisco is in as well, so it's pushing up the price a little bit. And if you go back to last season when Joe was with the Jets, he was coming off the neck injury and had neck surgery. So, there was a, a little bit of a concern uh, about his health, and that's why he had to take a little bit less money. This time around, people kind of know he's ready to go, so I think that, that pumped up the price a little bit as well. But I, I agree with you as far as if you're going to go with what Jeffrey Lurie claimed, you know, he wanted Jalen Hurts should be the quarterback. We should build around him. You don't want competition. I mean, this is this is a good backup quarterback, <laughs> 36-year-old guy who knows how to play, has won a ton in the postseason as well. Um, South Jersey knows the area, uh, loves the area. I, I, I think it's as good as you could hope for with with you know those circumstances obviously stamped on it. Okay. Um, uh, if you you truly heard and believed that San Francisco was in play as a potential backup spot for Flacco, all right, uh, then the agent did a good job of selling it that that was the case. I still don't know that they needed to go as much as they did. And the incentives, and I know nobody knows what the incentives are. If you know, please tell us. But I'm assuming uh, that hasn't uh, – I haven't seen it anywhere, so I don't think it's leaked out yet. They could double the deal up to $7 million. I'm assuming there are pretty significant incentives, as in Jalen Hurts is going to have to go down with a significant injury that's going to keep him out of the lineup for a uh, big chunk of the season. Yeah, that's something typical you do with backup quarterbacks, especially veterans, and, and basically reward them if they have to play. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's $4 million in escalators and incentives. He'd have to play a heck of a lot of football. And if he does, if, if Jalen Hurts, God forbid, gets hurt early in the season, um, the Eagles aren't going to be concerned or worried about paying him that much money. So, it's sort of a, a safety net for, for both sides, and uh, I don't think it's much to be concerned about. I mean, Jalen's a very young player. The Eagles want to see what they have. Um, 
if everything goes according to plan, you're never going even going to see Joe Flacco on on game days. So um, it, it's it, you know from the Eagles' perspective, veteran guys I mentioned started a lot of games in this league, won almost a hundred. I think he won five consecutive years, winning a playoff game, at least one playoff game. That's the most impressive part uh, of his resume to me. Um, and 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 remember, Jody also. <laughs> We talk about Jalen Hurts and, and being young. This coaching staff is very young. So, yeah. you know, maybe Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, Joe's two years older than he is. <laughs> he can <laughs> tap into him. Nick Sirianni's going to turn 40 uh, in June, I believe. Shane Steichen's in his late 30s. So, you know, an extra uh, extra word in, in those meetings from a guy who's done it, I, I don't think it can hurt. Nor do I. I was just wondering about the price. Here's the thing uh, tied it to your last statement about uh, him being a borderline assistant coach. Um, no, he was none too pleased when the Ravens a couple of years ago pulled him out and put Lamar Jackson in. He was not ready to give up the torch. He went to Denver where he started the season as a starter, didn't go well. And I got a buddy who covers the Broncos and said, yeah, Flacco wasn't happy to be there. He wasn't having any of the, well, let me help the other guy out stuff. I did check with a buddy I know who covers the Jets, and he specifically told me, because Flacco came in knowing full well he was the backup, that Sam, it was Sam Donald's team, that he accepted the role and was better at it this year. That certainly is going to be his role here in Philadelphia. Uh, do you think he's put that uh, I'm, I'm not here to help another guy out attitude behind him? Yeah, I do. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, remember, this guy started for over a decade in Baltimore. I mean, that was his job. He had played every single game um, from his rookie season. He was a starter week one. He, he had an Eli Manning, you know, sort of Ironman streak go until he tore his ACL. Ultimately lasted 11 years uh, before he finally handed over the baton midway through that last season to Lamar Jackson. So, uh, I mean – I kind of understand that. And and then when you go to Denver for the one year again, as you mentioned, he went in as the starter. uh, And then with the Jets last season, first time he came in uh, uh, as the backup and had a different uh, mindset. And um, I'm pretty sure the Eagles are going to make it very clear that he's coming here to be the backup. And uh, I don't think you'll have any issues. but we'll see. I mean, it, it is something worth worth keeping an eye on. I, I do think you have to see it because it's a competitive sport. I just mentioned this guy's won a lot of football games, and maybe he comes in and says, you know what, I'm better than this kid. This is my hometown team. This is the team I rooted for when I was growing up. This should be my team. You at least have to put that in the back of your mind. But um, I, I think it's going to be clearly defined to him. I will say that. John McMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated, uh, Extending the Play podcast, our guest here on 94 WIP. All right. When Carson Wentz was traded, NFL free agency kicked in, so a lot transpired in the last couple of weeks. From the day Wentz was traded, the Eagles had opinions about quarterbacks who could be available to them in the future, be it either free agents and or potentially in the draft. 
Well, they filled the free agent role. That's now Joe Flacco in as the backup. Does Flacco signing increase the chances that the Eagles are going to take a quarterback with a first-round pick, decrease the chances that they're going to take a quarterback with a first-round pick, or have no effect on that decision whatsoever? I don't think it has much of an effect because I, I, I do believe the Chris Mortensen report, and I do believe that Jeffrey Lurie kind of put that mandate out, out there that we're not taking a quarterback. We we have to build around Jalen Hurts. So ultimately, uh, I think Howie went into it, and he tried to do some damage control uh, with his press conference at the start of the new league year because I also didn't think that was a prudent way to go about it. You want other teams thinking you might take a quarterback uh, because ultimately that could help you by teams trying to jump up in front of you. And who knows if Kyle Pitts, if that's the player you like, or Jamar Chase, they might fall because somebody jumps up to take a quarterback. So I, I think Howie had to do some damage control. I think he did. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, you bring in Joe Flacco to be the backup. And I, I, I still think, look, I, if Justin Fields is there, I'm taking him. Period. End of sentence. Uh, I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is is going to be there. I think that's uh, pretty concrete, and I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be there. So, to me, it comes down to two guys, and that's Fields and Trey Lance, and it's always about evaluation. I, I can't – just from the fact that it, it, it is the most important position, obviously, in football, arguably in sports, I mean, if you have a chance to get that kind of talent uh, when you're that high in the draft, you better take it. But I, I don't think the Eagles are thinking that way right now. Well, I'm glad to hear you're the same level of fan of Justin Fields that I am. That's the one guy I would take, too, if I were the birds. But we've got uh, still six weeks to go before the draft, and we'll have you on again, and we'll uh, get more into how the first round is looking down the road with uh, John McMullen. All right, other Eagle moves. They did get one free agent of some notoriety, not a uh, Pro Bowl-type player, but a solid starter in Anthony Harris, the former Viking safety, uh, $5 million number, right around what those type players are getting. Um, did lead the league in interceptions a couple of years ago and has some familiarity with guys on the Eagles coaching staff. They needed to get a safety. All the safeties were out there via free agency. Some got more money. Some got less money. Uh, how do you think the Eagles fared with their choice of Anthony Harris as their new starting safety? Yeah, I, I thought it was a good signing. I thought it, it was one of those phase two signings that the Eagles have to hit on. They have to make correct decisions. They have to make the right decisions. Uh, and I think they kind of lucked out on this one because, as you mentioned, a couple years ago, if you go back two seasons, Anthony Harris was one of the best safeties in, in the entire NFL. And if you look at the context of what happened in Minnesota, they lost to Neil Hunter, um, didn't play even one game. Uh, they lost in preseason to a season-ending uh, herniated disc. Michael Pierce opted out for covid uh, they lost Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph in free agency. They lost all three of their starting corners in free agency. Um, Anthony Barr got hurt in week two. Eric Kendricks got hurt um, later in the season, but he missed over a month. 
I, I mean, that went from a top five defense to a bottom five defense, and basically all they had was Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris at safety. Um, and when you have no pass rush, it, it doesn't matter who you are. You're not going to look good. And I'm surprised the rest of the NFL didn't put that context together. And I think the Eagles had a little bit of an advantage because Jonathan Gannon, as you mentioned, had Anthony in Minnesota, knows what he is as a player. I, I think the Eagles got a ball hog. Now, now the problem is, Jody, he, he's 29 years old. So if, if he plays well and he goes back to what he was in 2018 and 2019 and is one of the best safeties in football, well, guess what? Then you got to pay him. Right. And he's 30. So, but that's for stuff down the line. I think for this season, he's a really good player. And Fletcher Cox is here, Brandon Graham. It, it, you know, the Eagles are going to have a pass rush. I, I think he's going to play very well for this team. Uh, so do I. I think that's the best thing Harry Roseman has done this offseason. We had a couple of uh, guys sl- sneak out of town. Not really sneak. They were told that the services were no longer needed. Uh, so they decided to take their act elsewhere. Uh, when Malik Jackson was cut, wasn't long before he signed on with the Cleveland Browns, a team that had a real nice season and an improved defense from the year before. Uh, the time that he spent here in Philadelphia was, of course, handicapped by a major injury his first year. Didn't have the breakout year that some people were thinking this past year. You think Malik Jackson's got anything left in the tank? Are we going to be talking a midseason? Yeah, but look at what Malik Jackson's doing with the Browns. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be saying that, but I do think he's a good player. I think he played well last season for the Eagles. I, I you know, but uh, obviously the Eagles uh, signed Javon Hargrave, so he went from being a starter to being that third rotational guy. Um, and obviously, he can ten million dollars a year, which is what he he, he would have made here. So I, I do think, that, look, if you could have gotten him back for. Four and a half million or something like that is the third rotational tackle. I think you're really good. Um, but that was, you know, it's difficult to do. Uh, you know how this league works, Jody. Players will take pay cuts because they have to, but they generally won't take pay cuts from their, their teams that they're with. They'll go other places, uh, more of an ego thing than anything else. But uh, he's a good player. Uh, he'll be a rotational player there as well. And I think that's where he is at this stage of his career. I, I don't know if he can play 80% of the snaps, but if he's 40, 45, I, I think he can play well for you. Now, here's one that I know we hope from Eagle fans if this guy does anything, and that's Deshaun Jackson. Uh, again, part due here in Philadelphia. Yes, he made big plays. Yes, he got behind defenses. And, yes, he sits on the sideline most games because he's injured. Why would we think anything? They got a fountain of youth, or, youth out there out in L.A., his old hometown, that uh, somehow he's going to be able to stay on the field with the Rams? If he does, he'll make some big plays. But I just – what do you set the over-under in games played by Deshaun Jackson next year? I would go as low as five. How about you? Well, and he'd be way over if he hits five than what he has been the past two years with the Eagles. I just got a weird feeling. Nothing, you know, nothing to back it up. I got a weird, weird feeling he's going to play like 12, 13 games. Oh. And, 
you know, Matthew Stafford's out there now, and he can he can chuck it. So uh, you're going to see some big plays. I, I think he's going to be excited uh, to be home in, in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, you can't count. I, I will say you can't count on Sean Jackson. Eagles fans realize that. You know, it's interesting. He, he had that quote early in his career where she uh, just don't stretch. Uh, and, you know, Deshaun was a guy who wouldn't do sort of the even even a modicum uh, of stuff to get himself ready when he was younger, and he'd just go run by people. I, I the past couple of years, Jody, he's really tried. You know, you see him out there stretching. You see him out there trying to get loose. Uh, and he had the sports hernia, obviously. And then, uh, you know, soft tissue injuries, left and right. I, I, I don't see him being healthy long-term at his age. But when he's out there, boy, he can still make plays. He's one of the best home run hitters in NFL history. Yeah, well, he's, he's made as many big plays as Randy Moss. People don't realize that. Right, 40-yard uh, receptions or longer. He is number one all-time in the history of the National Football League. That's a pretty good uh, stat to be able to have in your column. All right, one more player who got out the door, and he confounded me as an eagle. Duke Riley made some really nice plays. I'm like you. i got to watch every single Eagle game, go back, watch it on tape afterwards. And damn if Duke Riley didn't a couple times each of the last two years make an outstanding play. I go, we need to see more of that. But you don't. And then you see Duke Riley make a bad play and be way out of position or miss a tackle, and you realize this is why this guy isn't a full-time linebacker. They were never able to get that big play uh, ingredient out of him often enough. Was it just uh, a kind of a happenstance when it happened that he really wasn't all that good and he just kind of lucked into good plays? Or was he not coached well enough? Did the former defensive coordinator's uh, overall scheme not give linebackers the chance? Or am I making too big a deal out of Duke Riley? Uh, a little bit. I, I mean, he was, you know, he was a premium pick in Atlanta, and they gave up on him. I, I, I do think, you know, he's uh, really athletic, and that's what it is. I mean, he can run, uh, and that's why he flashes. Uh, and it, it's the other stuff, the instincts, and, you know, to play that position, you got to have a feel, whether it's coverage, whether it's uh, hitting your run gap, support, um just didn't have it from that perspective, but where it would flash is that he was just really athletic, and occasionally uh, he'd make a play from that perspective, and that's why I think his main job has been and will continue to be in Miami as a special teams player because he's a really good special teams player, but as far as being a three-down linebacker, he's flamed out in two cities. Um I don't even think he's going to get the opportunity to do that. But, I, I mean, there are worse things. It, it's it's underrated to be a really good special teams player in this league because you can help. You saw it last year with the Eagles. You, you know, one guy's not here. People aren't going to care. They aren't going to notice. But I, I think Rudy Ford was the best example of that because he was in and out of the lineup last year with groin injuries, hamstring injuries. He played about half the season. When he was in there, the Eagles punt, you could not do anything uh, against the Eagles punting game. He was one of the best gunners in football. Nobody nobody notices. And when he was out, completely different. 
so those guys can have a big impact on football games, and and that's sort of where Duke is going to be in this league. We'll see if they can get another special teams uh, stud this offseason by hook, hook, or the draft. All right, two more quickies before I let you run. Uh, they got a safety. They lost the safety with the Green Goblin. They brought a replacement in. They've added nothing as far as cornerbacks go so far. Uh, the market is getting, uh, let's say, light, although I think Adoree Jackson got way overpaid by the Giants, and I'll ask about them next. But uh, you got any hints at cornerbacks the Eagles can get in their price range left that are still on the open market? Well, I think the price range is going to be about Anthony Harris. That's what they're looking for, you know, one year, five, six. That's what they wanted to pay Adoree Jackson. You know, maybe a little bit more for because corners – a higher paid position, maybe they would have went to seven. Uh, but you're right, the Giants, I don't know who they were bidding against. I mean, there's a guy who got cut by Tennessee because they didn't want to pay him his $10 million option uh, on his rookie deal, and the Giants gave him a raise. That never happens. So that was a weird, weird signing, but uh, understandable that the Eagles weren't in that financial ballpark. Um, I, I thought uh, Kevin King and 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 uh, Green Bay. I thought he might have been a fit, but he resigned with the Packers. Yeah. Um, and and Stephen Nelson got cut today by the Steelers. So, you know that's that's where they are. They're looking for guys who are willing to play on that one year prove it deal, and they'll bring in somebody. They need an outside corner. So, whether they do it in free agency, I think Jackson would have been a a, a good fit. Uh, but not at that price. Um, and if they don't do it in free agency, uh, I mean, they're probably not going to do it at six overall. Then you start talking about 37. They almost have to go corner. We'll see when the draft shakes out. We're not that far away. All right, last thing. I know you've been doing this for a while, maybe not as long as me, but a, a while. Did you attend the draft when it was up in New York and since it has been taken on the road last year to Roger Goodell's basement, but uh, the years before that out to varying locations across the country, including one year here in Philadelphia, have you gone to the drafts? Um, they're planning on having it live in Cleveland this year. They're going forward with a live draft. Are you Cleveland bound? When was the last time you went to an NFL draft? Uh, the le- I, I was at Radio City every year, loved it. Hate that they moved it out. Yep, you uh, and me both. Wish, yeah, wish it was back. Would would be there every year, but no, I I do not travel uh, to the draft. Obviously, I was here in Philadelphia when I was here, but right. Uh, so I did go down there, but it, it's not to be honest. I, I you know New, New York was obviously very close and uh, really the first round, and you have to be at the team facility anyway by the by the second round by day two by day three. So you would only go out for that first day, the first round, and then come back. And it's just, it's not worth it. I understand why the NFL does it, though. And the fact that I've always argued in a lot of ways for the league, the draft is, is you know, in some ways bigger than the Super Bowl from the perspective that every fan base is involved. Right. All 32 instead of just two teams. So uh, they, to put it like a mini Super Bowl and have it moving around, I get it from a business standpoint, but boy, I loved it when it was in New York. So that's yeah, the, we we loved it because it was easy. You could drive up there, take a train up there, <laughs> and be home in a couple hours. 
Yeah, and, it was a great environment too, though. It was, you know, the Jets fans always booing. Yes. Uh, it, it, it was just, it was a great environment, and <laughs> I think it's it's missed a little bit. I will say that. I did shows from the Felt Forum before they even moved it over to Radio City Music Hall, and that was even easier because the train led you yeah, out right below the yeah. draft. As a matter yeah. of fact, I get off the train and be in my seat to broadcast in about uh, eight or nine hundred yards. That's when it was at its best. Always at his best when he joins us. John McMullen, Philly Voice, SI, Extending the Play podcast. Thank you, sir. You know I will be in touch. All right. Thanks, Jody. John McMullen here with us on 94 WIP. All right, birds in the mix along with the flailing flyers. The Sixers have a halftime lead up 14, 59-45. That's the good news. Uh, he $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earned from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.